Hey friend, and welcome to the Hair Goals Podcast. The Hair Goals Podcast is brought to you by Salt Society, a hair and business community serving the beauty industry with salon business coaching, hair education, and personal development mentoring. The Hair Goals Podcast is your weekly dose of powerful education from coaches on our team, industry leaders, and stylists just like you. So let's reach those goals together because your success is ours. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hair Goals Podcast. This is your host, Jamie C., owner and founder of Salt Society. And today we have an amazing episode for you. We have one of our Salt Society ambassadors with us today, and we are going to be talking all about the truth and reality, the good, the grit, the beautiful, the not so beautiful parts of being an independent hairstylist. And I'm so excited to welcome Christina Johnner. Hi, my love. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here. Um, I'd love for you to be able to share. You have so much that's going on in your life and so many things that you are responsible for and so many beautiful things about your life. Um, I'd love for you to tell our community a little bit more about yourself so they can get to know you the way we we know you. Yeah. So I am celebrating now 14 years in the industry. And with that has come all different um, variations of uh, being in this industry, whether it's education or being behind the chair or salon ownership. Um, I currently own a salon suite business. Um, So it's a salon suite boutique in North Carolina made up of nine suite owners and myself being one. So I, at this point in my career, can very much identify with the independent stylist and all that goes along with the, the, the daily um, business runnings of wearing all of those hats and doing all of those things and what it looks like uh, to be on this side of the industry um, in the suite model now, so. Wow. That's a, I mean, that's a lot to, I mean, it's so beautiful. Like I'm so excited to see all of your growth and I know that you have been working so hard and having such beautiful relationships with all these people that are working inside of your own business and also traveling on behalf of Salt Society and sharing what you know, because you're not just a sweet owner or a sweet, you know, business owner, I guess, (laughs) responsible for having this beautiful environment for other sweet owners, but you're also a really talented artist, really, really, really talented. And you share all of your uh, beautiful knowledge and um, amazing things that you do behind the chair with our community as well. And just want to let you know how grateful we are for that too. Oh, thank you, James. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, So I'd love to know like how your journey of getting into being an independent stylist was for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of a little bit of the classic tale of not wasting any time and just knowing that I wanted to do this for a very long time. Um, So much so that come time for, you know, college applications and SATs and all that stuff. Um, I was already accepted into hair school and knew I'd be starting right at the end of my senior year. Um, So I didn't even take SATs. I was so set on the fact that this is going to be my thing 
Um, there was no need to create a backup plan. I, I was that friend that was doing everybody's hair for prom and all, all the things um, and venturing and um, experimenting a lot of my own hair. I think a lot of stylists fall into that same category. And then when I got to hair school and was learning theory and all that, that's when all the light bulbs went off because I'd already had the hands-on experience in my own head. And now was figuring out, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, the theory of this is this. Um, and so just been very passionate and in love with this industry for a long time. And I remember, um, I remember at what point, at some point that I was, driving, I was driving to work and I had moved from Connecticut to North Carolina and was building a clientele in a booth rental situation. And um, 10 out of 10 maybe wouldn't recommend pre-social media doing something like this. Um, and I, I just remember having this moment where my drive to work would be crossing over this bridge on to this beautiful island that I was doing hair on. I mean, I was like right on the beach. It was scenery, beautiful. And I was having so many days of just sitting around twiddling my thumbs, you know? And I, re I remember the exact moment of being like, is this it? Am I, am I just going to keep doing this for however many years? I mean, I was still practically a teenager at the time. Um, and I knew that if I didn't put something out in front of me to work towards that, it was going to start feeling like I was just going through the motions. And again, this is before social media. I didn't have social media to focus on, to really um, use that to grow my business, know how to do that. And that's how I started pursuing the education world. And I just fell in love with that and um, all of the people that I was able to meet and the different salons I was able to go in. And from there, I remember the day that I went and taught in a boutique salon suite model. And this is, you know, years into my career. And I thought this, this is it. This is where I wanna be. This is the kind of culture I wanna create on a small scale with people and have that sense of community that bigger salons provided. And now we're creating that going into other um, salons, getting to create that same community feel of Salt Society. And it's so rewarding. Oh my God, I love that. Oh my God. And I, I'm such a visual person too. Like I saw like that visual of like you coming over the, 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 with like the, I just saw it all. You're like, it was beautiful scenery. I was like, I was there with you when you were telling me that is so beautiful. Um, but I would also like love to know a little bit more about what was that like deciding factor for you? Like what was like the, the pivotal moment when you're like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start renting my own chairs, become that stylist. Like there was a pivotal moment that you must've experienced where you're like, I want something different. Like, yeah, I think that for me, it was having the ability of getting to be inside of so many salons teaching. And so every time I'd visit a new salon, I'd see the way they were doing this one cool thing. And this salon was doing this one cool thing and um, just different dynamics and all kinds of stuff. So mentally I was kind of 
creating this like list of if I were to have a dream place, I would take this from this little salon that they did. I would take this from the way the system they created here. And it wasn't until I, I tried to implement those things in my current situation. And uh, it just maybe it wasn't being well received. And I, I felt very like alone. I had so much passion to grow my business and create this um guest experience like above and beyond and the people I was working with just didn't understand why I was putting so much effort into this customer experience um at the end of the day so I knew I had to create a space that I could I could do that and attract those people that that wanted that same thing for themselves as stylists in their environment and then um, what it meant to have that connection with with their guests. I think that's incredible. I, I would love to know a little bit more because I've been an independent stylist as well before being a salon owner and educator. And I get like how, like for, for me, like my pivotal moment was being so, um, uh, how do I want to say this? It was like, I became very responsible or felt very responsible. I wasn't responsible, but I was very responsible, felt it um, about curating that really beautiful customer experience for somebody. And, you know, when I was working in other salons, it was always like, you know, someone else was in like getting the client or doing these things. And like, all I wanted was just like an expression of myself and like to take care of them. And I think that was like, for me, the pivotal moment of like, I want, I don't want just more control over my business. I want this to feel like an extension of me. And in every other space, this doesn't feel as expansive as I would like it to feel. Um, and that's why I went out on my own and I really found about, I found out more about myself than I think I would ever have found out if I had stayed in, um, a commission style salon. And it wasn't necessarily that it was the, being a commission stylist that was the issue. It was being the space wasn't me. And I think that that's like the most important thing for me was like being able to find out how um, to find myself as an artist. And I think um, it would be really, really amazing if you could share a little bit more about like the top, I want to say like the top I don't, even, I don't even want to limit it to numbers at this point. Like ex express what's been like the uh, most beautiful moments of being an independent stylist. I think the, the most beautiful moments of being an independent stylist have really been the one-on-one the -on -one connection. So this is something that, I mean, definitely could be created in a full salon environment. So I don't want to, I don't want to bash one salon model over the other. I think that you do have the ability to create that no matter what your space is. Um, being in a salon suite model, it more forces that because it is that enclosed space that you have complete control over. Um, but some people might be feeling like they have to have a salon suite to be able to have that. And you don't necessarily, that doesn't have to be the case. Um, I, I think that there's ways that you can, mm -hmm. um, build that experience and that, yeah. that intimate relationship, um, no matter, no matter the layout, I guess, yeah. um, of the I salon. Agree. For sure. Yeah. Because some people want like a, 
that camaraderie, right. Of, of people and celebrate having someone to celebrate with you. And then some people just want that beautiful, like customized, smaller, unique private space. And it just depends on the type of artist and the environment that you want the most, you know? Yeah. I think what makes me want desire that type of of environment so much is, um, you know, my love language is quality time. Mm, <laughs> so <mine too. laughs> every, every stylist is going to have, you know, something that they favor. And, and I think it's n- no mistake that, um, I ended up in this career given that that is my love language. So when I get that quiet one-on-one time with people and they really open up because they feel safe, mm. the, the amazing confirm, uh, conversations that can be had are so beautiful. I mean, um, it's been, it's been wonderful to be able to navigate these past two years with people so intimately and have such wonderful conversations. And I think one of the challenges that can be is it is as an independent stylist, it is up to you to create boundaries and sometimes those get very gray, um, especially within these past couple years, because there is um, the being in public, and I say air quotes, you know, uh, gets taken away um, when you do have that one-on-one time with a stylist in a suite. And so maybe conversations are being had that maybe wouldn't be had in a bigger space because they don't have that true feeling of like being in public. And sometimes it's beautiful and transformative and healing. And, and other times it, it's very challenging to uh, create those boundaries for ourselves because it can get very intimate with that other person. Um, and there's nobody else other than you to enforce those, those boundaries and kind of where we're allowed to go with conversation and what's kind of like that hard stop. So in some ways, that's the best thing about being a sweet owner. And then in some ways it's really the most challenging part. So. Yeah, I love that. And I, I definitely agree. Cause I've worked in a salon suite as well. And also in, I feel like I've done all the things like I've played all the roles and just like finding out which one I like the most. <laughs> you know? uh, I've been the, the salon in the salon suites. Um, and for me personally, I think I really like having a lot of people around me. Um, but then again, um, I feel like at a, at maybe at this new season of my life where I'm like really protecting my energy and really aware of my conversations, maybe I would actually prefer being in a salon suite um, as long as the conversations were safe. Um But I think like in a salon environment, like renting, being an independent stylist in a salon environment is also can be really fun for the client experience and also fun for the stylist. Like I said before, it's really dependent on what type of environment you thrive in, right? Because not every single person is going to do great in the salon environment. Not every single person is going to do great in a suite environment. And sometimes when you're in the suite environment too, there's like other suite owners around you and there's like, that's the camaraderie that feels good for you, right? Um, But I think like just on the basis of just owning your own business or micro business, right? It's like, what do you feel? um, Because I'd like to know a little bit, like what are the most rewarding parts or rewarding aspects? And then again, what are 
the least or not, I don't want to say least rewarding. I would say like challenge points. Cause I don't like to call them. I, my thought process on, on things in general, as I like to say, everything is neutral. And then we have the power of giving it the, um, the feeling behind it. So everything is neutral and we give it the power of being what it needs to be in our lives. Um, so I can say it would be a challenge. Maybe one thing may be a challenge for you, but for someone else, it may not be right. So, but I think just having like open, honest conversations around what you love the most or what's the most rewarding. And then also maybe things that you feel are slightly challenging. Yeah. And some of those things can be almost the exact same depending on, yeah, I agree. <laughs> depending 100%. on the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to get back on the topic of boundaries. I mean, mm-hmm. that can be the best thing about business and that that can be the most challenging. Again, being independent means you're relying on yourself to enforce them. Mm-hmm. So how wonderful that you can create your own cancellation policy. You can create your own pricing. You can say no to when you don't have availability, you know, all of these things. Um, and that, I think that's wonderful to make your own rules, right? Um, but then enforcing them can sometimes not be the sexy part, uh, the not so fun part. <laughs> not so sexy, yeah. The, the not fun part of, of having to practice what it feels like um, to say no. Um, and uh, not relying on, not having that uh, kind of scapegoat person to blame. So being in a salon suite, uh, it really makes you look, a lo- look into a lot of how you're conducting business and there is no um, receptionist to blame for overbooking you or booking you too late or not booking the correct service or um, there's nobody to blame because you don't feel like you're making enough money. Uh, you're in charge of those price increases. So I have, I have been told before of people that really don't want to make, have those conversations with their clients about cancellation policies and enforcing them and um, price increases that it would just be so much easier if, if you had a receptionist relaying that message or, or whatever. And, and I think that's true. So in some ways it's the best part about being independent and in other ways, it's, um, it's one of the more challenging parts. I agree. Even the word policy, I think for a lot of people is like this daunting, heavy word. Um, and I'm, I'm a big person on, on reframing and like changing, uh, scary words to not so scary words. So you can perceive them differently. Cause I think if we think about things in a more, um, I don't want to say optimistic, but just changing a word that doesn't have so much emotional or have a heavy attachment to it allows you to feel a little bit more expansive and, and, and feel different about, about it. And I think too, like with being an independent stylist, like when I was doing it, I had no clue what I was doing. I was saying yes to everything everything, everyone answering, you know, I I literally didn't have boundaries, but I also realized that boundaries aren't a bad thing. I thought they were. I thought that if I say yes to everyone, then like, I'm just serving everyone. But I realized when I said yes to everyone that I was always saying no to something else. And normally that no meant um, that no is being directed back at myself or back at my family. And it comes to a point where 
I call it the um, <laughs> uh, either the oh shit moment or this I'm fucking done moment. <laughs> like you can no longer, there's like the pain outweighs the benefit. And like, it's it, the, the pain is like, I am exhausted. I'm resenting my job. I'm resenting myself. Um, I wish I had something different. And all it is, is just the reframe of saying, what if I had office hours, definitive office hours and operation hours? What if I had an automated form that went out? What if I did all these things to cut down my time? What if we had all of these things implemented before? And then it, just and then you just a cancellation policy is just an actual um paragraph of how you want to be treated how you that's and that's all that is and if you if you think about it too you know when you go and you put it into like everyday life right like how often do you go to like a hotel and they have some type of cancellation policy of like if you don't show up, you get charged, <laughs> you know, and how that relates to everyday life that you've experienced normally, that this is also something that people are experiencing too. Like you're not the only business that has a cancellation policy. Most businesses do. Um, and the more that you do it and you realize that the world doesn't implode when you actually implement something, <laughs> you know, then you're like, oh, I'm actually safe here. This is okay. And of course, we're going to have those experiences of, of clients reacting a certain way. And I think that's the important word reacting. It's not a response. It's a reaction. And that that normally really doesn't have anything to do with us. And then that's a reaction that they're responsible for, not for me. Um, but I'd love to know, like, what are three three tips that you would give. I'm going to give a number on this one. Three actionable tips or just regular tips, things that you find super beneficial um, to make an independent stylist um, have more ease in their life and their business. Yeah. So just like you're talking about right now, I think systems to fall back on mm -hmm. are, are so important to put in place and we drag our feet because it's not the fun stuff we want to do. So we keep going on and on and on and we let people cancel on us and we do all these things and we wallow in the feelings about it all. And if we would just sit down and take the time to type up, like you said, a paragraph, an email, an intake form, just sit down and work on, have, have those office hours to do that, we would get rid of that pain point for a while and we just, we just put it off. Um, so I know not everybody wants to do it again, not the fun, sexy stuff. We love doing the creative hair and, and the rules and the business and all that doesn't sound so fun. Um, but it's just, it's going to save you so much, um, energy being spent on the, the trauma and drama of all these cancellations and taking it so personally with a hotel, they don't take it personally if you cancel on them, but somehow because it's, we are service providers and they're in our chair and we know them personally of who they are and they're not just a name in the computer and um, there's just an exchange of money for a service. It's, it gets so personal. We take it so personal and it may not be that at all. Um, and I think having that written dialogue out, having those cancellation policies, having redo policies, um, you know, that can get so sticky too if, if people are just maybe offended that their work wasn't um maybe something went a little wrong in the consultation and it wasn't great but if there's a redo policy in place 
then it doesn't have to be this thing you take personal of your art was not what they were looking for and so on and so forth. Um, and just really streamlining like systems, you know, I think that that's going to save a lot of um, time and energy when it could be spent in other areas of your business. So I think that's probably the first major one. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the, for number two for me would be um, kind of circling back around to the boundaries of, of training your clients on when they can reach you. Um, I just need to say how freaking low yay that you said that. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> that is literally like an email away messages, right? Like automatic messages. Oh, tell your clients when you're available. Yes, when they can reach and, you. So good. Yeah, being that independent person, you have to take on that part of the business. And with us having social media, it doesn't cut off. It's emails, it's DMs, it's text messages, um, uh, private messages, all these, all these things. And um, when we don't check them, sometimes we have this feeling like I need to get back to them. And I think just know that sometimes they genuinely don't know when you're in the salon or out of town. And we take it so personal when they reach out to us, maybe like on a Monday or something. Um, How dare you? <laughs> yeah. And, and they're just doing it because it popped up in their mind. Um, I, I'm hopefully speaking for the majority of clients, but um, not because necessarily they want an answer right then. Um, they may, they have miss, maybe missed an email that you sent out that you're out of town or missed a post. So you can't get mad at them for reaching out, but what you can do is reply back to them and say, hey, I'm out of this one until Tuesday or whatever it might be. Um, I'll take a look at my schedule for you when I'm back in this one on this date. And having those office hours, whether it's daily or a day of the week and, and doing that, that's all that they want. And how much, how much peace now does that give you when you're trying to enjoy time with your family or you're at an important event and your mind is not being taken away from the moment that you're in because you have to remember to respond to a client or it's looming on your mind during a vacation. So just that quick, um, hey, let me hold you over real quick. It kind of puts everybody at ease. They don't think you forgot about them. There's not this uh, constant pull for you to feel like you are waiting to get back to them. And it's not taking up the real estate in your mind when you should be enjoying yourself doing whatever it is outside of your work hours. I love that so much. And it's just, you can even have like a little script written out in your notes, copy and paste, add their name to it and let it be done and turn it off. And any response they have after that, just it's fine. Um, and you're, you're so right. Like the majority of people don't know that you're busy. And the majority of people just have these thoughts that like pop up and they're like, ah, I gotta do that. Or this came up and I gotta talk to my stylist about it. It's not that they're requiring like needing this immediate response. Um, so I love that you said that. Cause I think it's just setting ourselves, having realistic expectations for ourselves too, right? Like if a, like understanding if a client reaches out at 2 a.m., I do not need to get up out of my sleep and respond back to them. <laughs> I can just send them a message when I'm settled. 
after I've had my coffee, right? Like during my office hours, right? So, and, and just know like the message is there. You'll get back to it. Write a little note for yourself if that helps and let that be that. I love that. Yeah. So the first one is, you know what? Why can't we call them sexy systems? Why can't that, you know, masculine, like really awesome masculine energy? Cause like masculine and feminine does not mean male or female, but like the feminine is like the creativity and the flow and the trust and the play. And like the masculine is like the strength and the structure and um, like both having both in your business is so important so they can feel grounded, right? And balanced without, like if you just have a very floaty business and there's no structure, you're gonna feel more stressed out. And if you just have all that masculine energy of like structure and strength and all the time, but like no creative play, you may feel out of alignment, right? So having the both, like why can't systems be sexy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it, you may have, um, a little resistance around them because they feel new, but right. There's like, you know, salt society has coaches and, and all these other things. And you have other friends that have, um, maybe are running their own independent businesses and there's support everywhere. So if you don't know how to do something, just ask, you know, and there's so many people who want to help and are ha and happy to like give feedback for you. So so good. And then the next one was like setting those realistic expectations for yourself and for your clients. Maybe they'd be office hours, you know, love that. Yeah. And I think the, the last one, I, I saved it for last for a reason, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, I, it. I think it's the hardest one is honoring the limitations of your schedule. <laughs> um, My heart just got so happy. It is a constant practice. I will say that I have to work on it as well. Um, but the more I can come back to the choosing to say no and, um, you know, it is what it is. If you're full, you're full. And I think it's so easy in our industry to people please and want to fit them in. Um, but it always ends up being at the sacrifice of us, not them. And the sacrifice of your physical health, your mental health, and, and the more likely you are to feel burnt out and start resenting your job, which is not the best thing. Yeah. And, and if you agree or can be persuaded to stay late, stretch your schedule, if you, if you always fit that client in, then they will know you will always fit them in. Um, and they divert that stress onto you to find a spot for them. And um, at the end of the day, in my experience, um, because it's a decision you made, know that these, your clients most likely will not treat that favor, in air quotes, um, any differently. They, they're not maybe honoring the fact that you stretch your schedule because you did it. So they don't owe, they don't owe it to you because you said yes. And I think that is always something um, that I hear stylists struggle with the most is then they get resentful towards themselves for having done that and for not having stood up for themselves in that moment and said, you know what, I'm full. I don't, I don't have anything. I'm sorry. Um, 
and maybe not even apologizing. I was just going to say, I'm not to be sorry for like other ways of saying sorry, or like if, if it's any inconvenience, like, thank you for your flexibility. Thank you for your patience. Thanks for understanding with my, you know, thank you for being patient with my reply. Like, instead of being like, I'm so sorry. Right. Like it, everything, if you have nothing to be sorry about for, um, honoring your mental health, honoring your physical health, honoring your schedule, honoring the fact that your business is not your life, right? And being able to, you know, allow yourselves to to do other things outside. I love that you said that. You're like, maybe not even apologizing. <laughs> Such a good one. I love that. Like, I think, I think there's a lot of us who constantly are apologizing, even just for existing, right? We're like, oh, sorry, I'm eating my lunch. Sorry, I'm drinking water. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just for simply existing. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, it just becomes a practice of like, no, I have nothing to be sorry for. I'm hungry. I have nothing to be sorry for. My schedule's full. Here are some other solutions for you, you know, just being a solution creator in every aspect and, and honoring yourself is such a beautiful thing to practice and to hone in on. So good. Yeah. We want to love this career and um, if we do these things to, and put them in place and and get really comfortable with the uncomfortable, um, then we can spend the majority of our time doing our craft and practicing our art and and not having to um, make it be this uncomfortable conversations and and uh, we're going to enjoy going to work and it's not going to be because we've stretched our schedule or yeah whatever the situation. Right. Yeah. There's a reason I think it's always going back to your why. Why did you start this in the first place? Why did you go in to do this art? Is it because of human connection? Is it because you love being an artist? Is it because you love making people feel beautiful? Like don't ever lose sight of the the core reason why you do what you do, because we have more impact than we could ever realize. And I think we, it gets diluted over time, right? We kind of forget how important our job is um, for our own creative creativity as a human and um but also the benefit of our job and our creativity and like the love that we give to our clients like it translates in ways that we could have never understood the you know the way that someone looks at themselves and they feel different or they're feeling really depressed or anxious and we changed their whole day just by being in our presence maybe they got to we could hold space for them and emotionally while they vent about something that they're going through, right? We can be, we can hold space for people emotionally. We can make them feel beautiful. Like it's such a beautiful gift to be a hairstylist. Honestly, it really truly is. Yeah. I, I, if, if only the hair was just the bonus, right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. everything else that we do was equally as great of a contribution to them with our time spent together as the hair that they leave with. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So this was amazing. I, I loved, I loved everything that you said. I loved all the takeaways. Um, and I think for those of you who are currently an independent stylist, like, you know, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be scary to change the way you do things. It actually can be fun and it could be exhilarating and such a relief to implement new things into your business behind the chair and allow you to fall back in love with your job. And, um, or your career rather, like why call it a job, right? If you are loving what you're doing, you're not working a day in your life. So, um, and those of you who are interested in transitioning, right? Like find, 
find support where you where where people um, with people that you trust and find the support and make those decisions and figure out what's best for you. Like it may not be this year, maybe it's next year, maybe not this week, but maybe two years from now. And it's just important to honor where you're at and know that it's okay to grow and it's okay to try new things. And um, just know that you have a ton of support on our end. And if you ever have any questions or, you know, I'm sure Christina, if, you know, someone was to reach out to you after listening to this podcast and like wanted some like helpful guidance, I'm sure you'd be so happy to you know, to guide them and give them your feedback. Yes. Mentors are everything. everything. So know that you're not alone. There are so many resources just within Salt Society um, mm. of, of not having to do this alone. No, you never, you're not in it alone, right? We have a whole industry of people and uh, yeah, Salt Society wants to help you grow. Every single person in it really, truly cares about the growth and wanting to make sure that you're not struggling in any way. But I wanted to thank you, Christina, for taking your time to be on the podcast today and share your beautiful brain and just existing. And thank you so much for being um, such a beautiful part of Salt Society and sharing your you know, wealth of knowledge. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's always an honor. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. Um, we have some beautiful gifts for you inside of the show notes. So check those out. And for all things growth and development, um, you can check us out on our Instagram. Um, also, we have a beautiful community inside of our Facebook group, which is a private community. So you can feel even more safe in there um, with other hairstylists, independent stylists and salon owners, um, just like yourself. So um, we'll put all of those links below inside of the show notes so you can check them out. And if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to us independently and we um, will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now.